would like to thank everyone for coming out and uh, supporting the family and celebrating the life of Nicole Gresham. Without, uh, without a doubt, the thing that has been said by so many is this has come as such a shock. How could something like this happen to somebody so young and so wonderful as Nicole Gresham? Well, I just want to set the stage as we begin and just tell you all what we're all thinking anyways. Our God is in control. Our God makes no mistakes. We know where she is at today. The Bible makes it very clear to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that is the hope. So let me just say right now, Nicole Gresham is home with her father today. She is happy. She is whole. She is healed. And today we will celebrate her life. We will remember all the wonderful things about Nicole. But at the same time, we will laugh. We will cry. And we will look to our God. Today we're going to take a journey through Nicole's life and give God the glory for all the precious memories we have of her. She was a big part of our church. She was a big part of our lives. She made us laugh. She had so much joy about her. We want to highlight all those aspects of her life today. And at this time, Nancy Roger, one of Nicole's close friends, one of our church members is going to come and share on behalf of our music ministry and her friends here at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you don't mind, I'm going to do it from back here because uh, this is going to be emotional. Um, I made sure I didn't wear eye makeup today so I wouldn't look like a raccoon. Um, but I wanted to speak on behalf of Nicole. Um, she loved her family. She talked about them all the time. She loved her church family. And I'm here to represent her church family. Um, I have known Nicole now for more than 37 years. I first became acquainted with her when I was her Sunday school teacher. She was a 10-year-old girl, along with Mary Beth Adams, who's sitting down there. And I will say this about those two girls, the sweetest girls I ever taught, but they talked more than any two girls I have ever had before or since. And half of my time in Sunday school was trying to get them under control so I could teach the lesson. But I have been one of Nicole's church moms for all these years. And she had many others. Many of you are here today. Mrs. Denoff, uh, Jan Caminiti, Jan Miller, uh, Kathy Brewer, um, on and on and on. I can't even name them all. She called you mom, she called you dad, and she meant it. We were her church family. And you know, the Bible tells us that we are to bear one another's burdens, that he did not intend for any of us to be alone. And Nicole was never alone. She always had us. And um, so many funny stories I could tell about Nicole. We were at dinner uh, Sunday and for two and a half hours, we sat there and just told Nicole stories. So many. There was one time, she was ornery. And anybody who knew her would admit to that. There was one time we were at MCL. 
and she was sitting at the table with us and uh, having Sunday dinner with us like she usually did. And a group of uh, her uh, black folk came in that she knew and they came over to say hello to her, to greet her, and she introduced us as her white people. <laughs> there was the time um, Nicole had a zany, um, almost childlike sense of humor. She loved to have fun. She loved to do things uh, with younger people. There was one time she went out toilet papering with some of the teenagers. And a policeman visited them. And Nicole, by this time, was well into her 20s. And the policeman said, how old are you? And she told him. And he said, aren't you a little old for this? <laughs> there was so many, so many things. She hated Chinese food. So we never went to the Chinese restaurant when she was with us. Um, so many stories, so many stories. She would say something ornery at dinner, and then she would put her hand out for me to slap it, and she'd say, I'm bad, am I? Um, she was full of life. She sang like an angel. Um, anybody that was here for any length of time knew if there's one thing Nicole was confident about it was music and singing she loved it I wish she could have done it as a lifetime career because she was wonderful that song that they played at the beginning was one of her signature songs and I know we were all thinking about it as they were playing it um, so full of life but yet, Nicole had some problems, too. You know, sometimes she struggled with her self-esteem. Even though she had so much going for her, there were some times when she doubted herself. There were some times when she suffered from some real depression. And, you know, only the people very close to her ever saw that side of her. To most everybody else, she was sunshine and roses all the time. But I used to get on her once in a while because that's what moms do. And I'd say, look, we all have problems. We all have struggles. That's what God gives us family. That's what God gives us church family for, is to share the load, to bear one another's burdens. And I would say that to you this morning. You know, this is a time for heavy hearts on the part of her family and on the part of some of you. But share the load. Share the burden. That's what Nicole would tell you if she were here today. She would say, don't grieve for me because I'm where God wants me to be. And she is happy and she is whole. I bet her mom was there to give her the biggest hug ever uh, when she got there. And her brother Irvin and her dad and all the, those who have gone on before. And we're going to be there with her sooner than later. And she would want you to know how important church family is. I remember one time she asked me, she said, do you think anybody will come to my funeral? And she, not just me, she asked that of several of us. And I said, Nicole, are you nuts? Of course people will be there for you. You're part of our family. We love you. 
Sometimes she had a hard time believing that. But look at all the people here today. She would be thrilled. You know, I saw the uh, display out there of all her purses. That is so Nicole. That is so Nicole. She, she loved to dress up. She had a purse for every outfit. She had jewelry for every outfit. She had a whole case full of perfumes and lotions and all that kind of stuff. She was a girly girl. Um, and that is so appropriate that that would be out there. We all know that she was a huge Buckeye fan. Um, people would follow her on Facebook during a Buckeye game. And it was, go you mighty Buckeyes. And I know people were paying tribute to that um, the game last week, this last Saturday. And, you know, we loved her. She was part of our lives for all these years. And I just wanted to speak on behalf to her family sitting here, on behalf of her church family. We loved her. We admired her. She was, in many cases, our best friend. And she was my daughter. And we know where she's at. God bless you. She was loved by so many people, and I know the family has so much to share, and uh, they've been through so much this year. I know a lot of you guys know the passing of their brother, Irvin Jr., and then Eric just recently went through a stroke, and I'm going to ask Eric to come at this time, and he's going to share, and Eric, I know that you've been through a lot, and I know you already know this, but God's grace is sufficient, and uh, we serve a God that will take care of us. And uh, you were such a symbol of strength the night that we gathered around Nicole last Sunday night, and appreciate you. Hello, everyone. Thanks for coming. This is hard for me. My baby sister is gone. But uh, I love Nicole. Let me get myself together here. Nicole was the type that um, always, as everybody know, loved to give hugs and kisses. And when people told me about that, especially here at the church, I would always think those poor babies that are being born <laughs> coming here to fellowship, being kissed and hugged by Nicole. Now, y'all know God created baby oil way before Nicole came along. So you can rub that oil on the baby's faces from all the sugar that they would get. That's just how Nicole was. And she, um, she always has something uplifting to say. I always check. She'll call and check them. How you doing, brother? She goes, she, oh, this is her can thing. She would say, you miss me, don't you? You miss me giving you hugs and kisses, don't you? Uh, she goes, I love you. And I say, I love you too, Nicole. But that's just how Nicole was. The thing that touched me the most about Nicole, she would always look up to me being an older brother. But when I left for college, my first year of college, my mom called me later and said, Nicole just cried and cried and boo-hooed like a baby. Because she, she didn't like seeing her brother leave. And I teased Nicole later on in the years. I said, I would cry too if I had a brother like me. And she, <laughs> she just shake her head. And the one thing, if it was your birthday or anniversary or anything, if she called you, answer the phone. 
because if you didn't, she's going to sing a song to you and leave it as a message. If it's Thanksgiving, she's going to um, do her turkey sounds, whatever Nicole wanted to do. That's, that's how crazy she was. But bless her heart. So now she gets to see all the babies before they come to fellowship, so she'll kiss on them. So when they get here, they say, I, I already know who Sister Nicole is. That's what, the, that's what they tell the parents as they get older. I remember that lady. I, I met her in heaven before I came, Mom or Dad. That's what she'll say. That's what they'll say, say to y'all. But um, I remember the day Nicole died. She had called me that Sunday morning, telling me that she had um, pneumonia. I said, well, Nicole, don't play with that. That's nothing to play with. So I said, make sure you get your rest, not knowing that she was going to die that evening. So that was, and I was thinking to myself, why didn't these knuckleheads take her to the hospital? You know? So before she got off the phone, though, true to form, I love you, brother. I miss you. Hugs and kisses for you. I said, okay, thanks. Got off the phone. That was the last time I talked to Nicole. But uh, that's my baby sister. I used to call her Squirt. You know, just like I call my daughter squirt. They're all squirts as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you know, because they look up to you, but, you know, you got to. And then her and Marcus, they're like thick as thieves. Them two. Woo. And everybody asks me, said, how many sisters you guys said two? I got one that's, that tries to tell me what I need to do, and I got one she's always kind to me. And we know who the kind one was. Uh, so, God bless you all. Thank you all for coming out today to um, say the nice things y'all said about Nicole. I appreciate that. And I'm sure Father's letting her see this. So, she see that, you know, how she felt when she was down here. She see all these people here for her home going. And that's just a blessing. So, God bless all of y'all. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. I'm going to invite uh, Sheila to come up at this time. She was known for those kisses. I don't know. All the kids in our church would have the mark of Nicole on her after service, that big kiss mark. And no child in this church ever felt unloved, especially by Nicole. Good morning. I am Nicole's cousin. Um, I live in Atlanta. And um, <laughs> I will tell you, my family loved, loved Nicole. She was a joy. She was funny and very loving. And on behalf of my family in Atlanta, all the family in Atlanta and the rest of the country, we appreciate each of you being here. Um, if you'll bear with me, I'm going to read the obituary. Nicole Yvette Gresham was the fifth of five children born to the late Irving Russell Gresham Sr and Marianne Wise Gresham on February 18, 1970 in Alamogorda, New Mexico. She was educated in the Trier Germany Dependent School System and the Columbus City School System. She attended East Haven Elementary School and graduated from Independence High School in 1988. Nicole entered Columbus State Community College in 1988 where she began studies in microcomputers, databases, typing, speech, political science, algebra, and history. With her mother's encouragement, she was committed to gaining necessary skills that would aid her throughout her life. Nicole worked for 15 years as an administrative assistant at U U.S. Security Associates Incorporated in Columbus, Ohio. 
She was recognized by corporate and upper management with a certificate of service demonstrating 15 years of continued service. Her role afforded her the opportunities of office management, database entry, new hire orientation, and processing, accounts receivable and payable negotiation, background checks and processing, and client services. Excuse me. In 2016, she began as a customer service engagement representative for Discover Financial Services in New Albany, Ohio. Nicole was a devoted and active member of Fellowship Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. For 40 years, she truly loved her church and entire church family. As a child, Nicole was first introduced to the church in 1977 through the bus ministry. She began her spiritual foundation in Sunday school. As she learned what the Bible taught, Nicole became a Christian by confessing and accepting Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. She joined the church in her early teens and served as a member of the teen choir, Young Ladies Ensemble, the Pathway Singers, the Adult Choir, and the Praise Team. Her love of singing for God was evident throughout her solos, duets, and special groups. She also served in the nursery, Vacation Bible School, and various seasonal events. In October 2001, Nicole met Clinton Davis and began dating. Their relationship would grow into a unique and special lasting friendship for years. The two shared many common interests, such as the love for the Ohio State Buckeyes, making people laugh, and encouraging people on a constant basis. They also enjoyed sharing the Bible with each other. They always found direction and support from what it contained. Nicole enjoyed singing, traveling, shopping, art, watching movies, musicals, good home cooking, and animals. She especially loved children and Ohio State football. Her contagious joy always uplifted people, and she was a sincere listener to anyone who had a concern. She never met a stranger because she went out of her way to make people feel at home. She had a tremendous love in her heart for her family, her friends, and her church family. Not enough words can express how much she was a joy to be around. Nicole Yvette Gresham suddenly entered into her heavenly rest on Sunday, November 12, 2017 at 8.30 p.m. She was 47. She had been making progress towards her foot rehabilitation. She was preceded in death by her parents, Irvin and Marianne Gresham Sr., brother Irvin R. Gresham Jr., Grandparents Howard and Mabel Wise Sr., Mayhem, Mayhew Gresham, Clifton and Drusilla Acri, aunts Annie Cleo Robinson, Margaret Faye Wise Ross, and uncles James Gresham Sr., Hubert Claude Wise Sr., and Reverend Bruce Eugene Ross. She leaves to cherish her memory three caring siblings, Eric Jerome Gresham, Crystal Jereen Gresham, and Marcus Sean Gresham one sister-in-law, Christine Gresham, three aunts, Alice Jean Wise Maddox, Miriam Wise Fox, Cora Gresham, four uncles, Howard Wise Jr., Gary L. Wise Sr., Michael D. Wise, James Maddox Sr., a host of first cousins, Sheila Maddox, Drew Gresham, James Maddox Jr., Sherwood Gresham, Michael Gresham, Zachary Maddox, Chanel Gresham, Sonia Maddox Upchurch, Bruce Ross, Monique Fox, Jamal Fox, Kevin Wise, Kelly Wise, Libra Wise, Gary Wise Jr., 
Makia Wise, Michelle Wise, Lachelle Wise, James, Jason Wise, and a host of nieces and nephews, Tony K. Gresh, Goings Jr., Olivia F. Gresham, Amber F. Gresham, Jante N. Goings, Shavanna F. Goings, Joshua S. Gresham, Joy N. Gresham, Kativa Gresham, Emmanuel I. Gresham, Shakina G. Gresham, and seven great nieces, Natalie Goings, Layla Gresham, Aliyah Boiser, Essence Goings, Samira Weich, Diella Calloway Gresham, and a host of loving, devoted friends. Thank you, and God bless each and every one of you. Thank you. We're blessed to have Layla as part of our service today. Layla is Nicole's great niece, Eric's granddaughter, and Amber's daughter. Layla is an exceptional young lady that has been sensitive to the leading of God from a very young age. When she is not practicing her violin or playing flag football, she is worshiping her God. And when she found out that her Aunt Nicole had passed, she asked her papa and said, could I sing at Nicole's funeral? And of course they said yes. And uh, at this time she would like to sing a song that her Aunt Nicole used to love to sing because of who you are. Auntie Nicole is always on my side, so this is for her. Because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you praise Because of who you are I will lift my voice and say Lord, I worship you Because of who you are Lord, I worship you Because of who of who you are I give you praise because of who you are I will lift my voice and say Lord I worship you because of who you are Lord I worship you Jehovah Nisi, Lord you. 
such an impact on so many people and I know a lot of you have testified of how long you've known her uh, Nancy going all the way back from her being in Sunday school but I was talking to new people in our church and they were expressing to me that they said the first person that I ever met when I came to Fellowship Baptist was Nicole a couple of people were telling me how people walked through the sanctuary didn't know where to go or where to sit and that they were overwhelmed and Nicole went out of their way saw that in them and said you sit with me you've now got a friend at Fellowship and that's just how she was it was Matt Sabo that was one of the new people that met her and said it was easy because she just radiated the love of God. Just her very essence just showed the love of God through her. And they made, she made people feel like they belonged. Rebecca was telling me, Rebecca Alvin was saying that she would be in the grocery aisle and just make random friends going down the you know, freezer aisle. That just was in her to do that. She was a true friend. I could say that. So many other people have said the same thing about her. That when she'd come up and ask you, she wouldn't just say, how are you doing? When it was me, she would say, how's your dad doing? And then she would list problems that my dad was having. So I've been praying for them. My mom, my sister, my sister's kids, and they all live out of town. I don't even know how she kept it all straight. But when she said she was a friend, she was a true friend to so many of us. 
One of the things that I'll always remember about Nicole is how she would call you on your birthday like clockwork and leave her own special version of her happy birthday song to you. Some of you might not remember, but it was something like this. Happy birthday from your soul, Sister Nicole Gresham. God bless you. Many more. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. God bless you. Love you. Many more. Bye. You know, the thing about Nicole, and I know this has already been said, she didn't have a lot of self-confidence about herself. But what she didn't have within herself, she was constantly boosting in other people. That, that was the love, that was the gift that God gave her. In the parking lot of the church, she would yell out to the ladies as they were coming in, hey, beautiful, hey, gorgeous. Many of you commented of how she would constantly try to build people up. And let me tell you, the Bible says that love is kind. And that's God's love that is kind. It's not selfish and Man, seeing God radiate, seeing God shine through the love that she had with people. She was family to us. We were, we were one big family. And I know we're hearing from the family. And you guys were so tight and had such a bond. But I tell you, at our church, we were a family. She was just part of that. She would joke about how I was her brother from another mother. And I'd say, Ray Bagger, you're, you're a sister from another mister. But we're family here. And uh, Nicole will be remembered because of the family, the love that she's shown to so many of us. And uh, I've known the Gresham family for a long time, but through Nicole's passing, I've gotten to see you guys' strength. Not, not just your strength as a family, but your strength in the Lord. When I was at the hospital with Crystal, was the first person that arrived uh, when I was there of the family. And, and uh, Crystal, I, I know you were broken, but I could still see your confidence in God that was so strong. And your faith wasn't wavered. It was, it was strong in the Lord, and you shine through this tragedy. I appreciate you being willing to share. And I'm going to invite Crystal at this time. She's going to come and just share from her heart, her memories and her thoughts, and the relationship that she had with Nicole. And, uh, you know, I, I take my hat off to the family. You know, this isn't easy to do, you know, to stand at a loved one's uh, funeral service like this and share. And we so appreciate you doing this. Praise the Lord. I didn't have anything until this morning, and I kept asking the Lord, what am I going to say? And he gave me Ephesians 4 and 29, says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good of, to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And when I think of that verse, I think of my sister, because she was such an encourager. She was an encouragement to me. She, she didn't realize that she was an encouragement to me, but she was many times. I could call her about anything, discuss anything. Even though she didn't have children, she understood. It's like she was a mother that never got to be a mother. That was just something that was in her. Every opportunity that Nicole got, she was always uplifting somebody. And one of the things that I could not get her to see was the beautiful person that God had made her. I would tell her, you're just as beautiful as the next person. 
you're just as sweet as the next person. You can see it in everybody else, but you cannot see it in yourself. And you know what? The Lord put me here to remind her of that. I remember when my mother was pregnant with Nicole, and I literally, literally prayed every night for God to give me a sister because I could not take any more brothers. <laughs> I could not take another Air Irving, another Eric, and a Marcus who constantly threw bugs on me, <laughs> who constantly made sure that they tortured me in some form or fashion with some type of a creature. And God gave me Nicole. And I was so overjoyed when he gave me Nicole because she was the gift that I had asked for. She was my sister. She was, I know she was your sister, but she was my sissy first. I call all of my sisters in the Lord sissy. So sometimes when I say sissy, they all answer. But she was the sister I had first. And I cherished that. And I'm going to miss so many things about Nicole. My grandchildren called her the sugar monster. And that's because she would ask for kisses almost every single day. And then she would call the house and say, do you miss me? And we would just have seen her. And my youngest granddaughter would say, you're not getting any more kisses, so don't even ask. Because they already knew what she was going to ask for. Those are the things and the times and the moments I'm going to miss about her. I'm going to miss her turkey call, which was absolutely ridiculous. I don't know how many of you have heard her laugh, but she sounds like a hyena when she laughs. That high-pitched hyena that's about to go into attack, that's how Nicole sounds when she laughs. I'm going to miss Nicole saying to me, there, there. Whenever something was, she was trying to make a point, then she would look at you and say, there, there. Um, just that little wise, smart aleck little smirk. You know, when she did this, the little peace signs, she was being honored just like they said. But I can remember Nicole as a little baby. I had a particular doll that she always wanted, and I didn't want her to have my doll. I was young myself, but my mother always made me give her my doll. My mother always made me look after Nicole. I used to resent that growing up. I, I was tired of watching her and keeping an eye on her. But she reminded me, you asked God for a sister, he gave you a sister, now you gotta help take care of her. And as I got older, I understood that role. We didn't agree on a whole lot of things. We argued all the time. She would get mad at me because I would tell her, you cannot use jam as a hair grease, Nicole. It's for your edges. Nicole would literally grease her head with it. Well, I love it. And then I'd wonder why she'd run out of it and she'd get mad and say, you don't need any more jam, you just had some. I bought you some two weeks ago. Why is it already gone? Because she was greasing her scalp with it. But that was just Nicole. She was who she was and she wasn't gonna change that for you. She loved for me to cook for her, but she wouldn't cook for me. I can't even tell you when she cooked for me. But if I cook, are you gonna bring me a plate over? I said, if Savannah brings it over to you, I'll send it right on the way. We loved her. We loved her. I, I don't know what I'm going to do in the next couple of days, but I know God's going to handle it. I know my sister shouldn't be gone. This, this wasn't right. There's pieces that are missing. And we're not settling. I'm not settling until God gives me an answer because she should be here.
I should be gone, not her. I never thought this day would come where I would bury her. She should be burying me. But I know God has her. And I know once she got to that point and she saw my mother and the Lord said, come. She wasn't coming back here. I thank God for the years that I've had with her. She was the same age as my dad when he left here. But I don't understand. And I said, why, Lord? And he said, because she's my child. And I can take her if I want to. So I'll get over this. But my heart is broken. And I just ask that you guys just pray for us. I just thank you guys for being here. I thank you for being the church family to her that you were when I wasn't here and we were out of state. I just thank God for you all being that to her. All of the sisters and her friends and her little girls that she had, her little group she grew up with. She loved you guys. So just pray for our strength and pray most that God gives us an answer to this because we're not finished. We're going to get an answer to why she's gone because she went in for foot surgery and she came out here. So pray for us. God bless you. She loved the Buckeyes. If you ever missed the game, you didn't have to worry about it. All you had to do was just follow her on Facebook. You'll know exactly what happened. Uh, I can't imagine what heaven's going to be like this weekend, this Saturday, as they play Michigan. It's going to be loud up there. And uh, I, I, I love the joy that she just brought, not, not just in the Buckeyes. And I know we joke about that, but she was happy all the time in whatever she did. And we were talking about the Thanksgiving call that she would do. And, uh, but Marcus, I got to tell you, the first time I got that, I was a little freaked out, to be honest. <laughs> and I just got it, and I, I missed the call, and I checked my voicemail, and I held the phone back, and my wife was like, what's the matter? I said, I think she just gobbled. And she, I said, I think that was a gobble. And uh, she, she would do that, she'd call everybody, and, and they were telling me one time, uh, we had a new choir director, and he was up there leading, and all of a sudden, it was Thanksgiving time, and in between songs, she just let out a gobble like that, and... He stopped and said, what, what in the world was that? And nobody else was disturbed by it because they were used to it. But um, she, loved, she loved life. She loved her purse. I was, I was thinking about that and how many people have mentioned that, her purse. I think she had an addiction with purses. Uh, purses. I don't know if that's a thing or not. But Marcus would often joke about how if she sold her collection, we could, you know, double missions around the world with just the money that we would receive from that. I want to say, Marcus, she loved you very, very much. She loved you and I mean, the brothers and sisters and all of you that have come up here and 
gotten to know you over the years, but you're a constant source of help and encouragement. And our church has been truly blessed by you. Just the, the years of your ministry here, and now seeing you stand through this tragedy and stand by your sister. And um, you've been a great godly leader. I want you to know that I, I've seen that through you. And uh, I, I thank you for the work that you've put into the service today to honor your sister. Thank you for taking care of her through her trials. On behalf of myself and Jenny and your friends here at Fellowship, I want you to know how much we dearly love you. And I'm going to ask Marcus if he'll come at this time, and he's going to share uh, some things about his sister. Thank you for coming. Nicole. Call it Cole. Nicole was my sister, but she was my best friend. My mother was my mother, but she was my best friend. And looking through pictures the other day after I got here and went to her dresser, and I found some things from her job. Nicole kept everything keepsake. She was like that. And I found the long piece of paper that I had made copies of to give to each of my siblings when my mother passed. I always told my mom, write things down, mom. I don't know if I'll be able to remember everything. And it was that copy. And I read it again. I haven't read that since we laid my mom to rest. And at the very end, she said, you pie for all you have. Stick together. Don't pray for me to come back. I'm out of this evil world. I love you very much, Mother in May. She had a smiley face. And that was comforting to me. But this time was Nicole. And when I got the call, I was driving. The doctor didn't want to tell me until she knew I was safe. I wouldn't ever ask for anybody to relive that moment I had to on Sunday. I had just spoken to Nicole about four times. I got home from church. We took a gentleman out to honor his accomplishment. She texted me. I called her back. She wanted to tell me they said she had pneumonia. I said, I'll call you when I get home. I called her. She told me that. She said Mr. Chanel was going to make her bored. He didn't, she didn't have to buy it. He could make it for her. And then I said, I'm going to lay down a little bit. She says, and that was 530. She said, Marcus, you get you some rest. I love you. And then I laid down. The next phone call I got was from Crystal. They're saying they're going to take her to the emergency room. What? I just talked to Nicole. So I didn't know if I was dreaming, but it was real. Long story short. The only other time I had a chance to call to Nicole was when the nurse put the phone up to her ear. And she says, hi, Marcus. I said, don't talk. They're going to take you to the hospital. And then I knew I needed to get here as soon as I could. But I didn't make it in time. I want to thank Merle Chanel for being there. God has a unique way of doing things. I didn't want her to be by herself. And he was there. So we, we thank you for that. But Nicole, we all have our stories. 
If she was never my sister, I would have still done the same. She was easy to serve. This was the time that I would be in her kitchen right now making all the festivities and food. And I promised my mom I would look after her. She said, make sure you watch after Cole. I said, I will. And we've gone through a lot together. Difficult times. I knew I could tell Nicole anything I needed to, and it would stay with her and God. In a time of my life when I didn't know where I, what I would do and how I would do it, my sister was there for me, and she never asked questions. She just loved me. And I saw a trend in my sister that every time someone in our family would pass, her security was shaken. So this church became that security for her. It was not out of the ordinary to get a call or a text. Pray for Mrs. McLaughlin. Pray for Mr. Stewart. Pray for this person. They have surgery coming. I don't even know who the person was. She knew everybody's situation. Fun times with Nicole were things like, and Crystal's already alluded to this. I love when you come to visit, brother. I says, mm, I know why you love, because you know I'm going to cook. So one day, I said, Nicole, get in here and stir this gravy like mom used to do. Make a figure eight. She says, I said, yeah, but you don't mind when you're smacking your lips on that plate of food, do you? <laughs> I said, how come you don't like to cook? She says, I can cook. I said, you can't cook. I'd write her. She says, no, I know how to cook. I'd rather go shopping, though. <laughs> one time, I had to take her over to the mall. She said, can you just run me by and give me a pair of stockings? So she got the stockings. We came home, and she needed something. I said, Nicole, we were just out. Why didn't you say something? She says, <sighs> she had the biggest appreciation for the small things. So WG Grinders is a good sandwich place here in town. And when she was in the rehab, I would come in every weekend and ask her what she want for lunch. Crystal would bring her Wendy's, Nancy would bring her something, somebody else would bring her something, but it was my turn. What do you want? She says, if it's not asking too much, can I have a small grinder sandwich? I didn't care about that sandwich. I love that I got to see my sister. I was so proud of her. And I would encourage her. And when she would say negative things about herself, I pretended like I didn't hear them. Because there's a lot of power in our words and in our actions. Oh, that if we could have the actions like she had, and she truly meant what she said. I'll tell you, if she didn't like you, she wouldn't bother with you. But if she loved you, you knew that. And I would encourage her in a healthy way, too, and say, you know, Nicole, you got to let go. That's not good. That'll eat at you. And the tears would start rolling down that cheek. I knew I hit home. I had my sister's respect. I didn't take that for granted. So God is helping me. We sang, yes, we sang many songs together. We sang trios, Crystal, her, and I sing the song you're going to hear in a moment. But what I love most about Nicole was that she was the only one who was Nicole.
I'm not going to look for another Nicole because there isn't one. I remember when the doctors told her, you most likely will not be able to have children, Miss Gresham. She was crushed because she loved babies. And that's, to me, made sense why she loved on your kids so much. And when I went through her pictures again, I was like, Who, whose child is this? So I want to thank you for loving my Nicole. This is our home church. This is where we came to find Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. I think about that. My dad almost chose an assignment in New Jersey. Would we have gone to a church that preached the gospel and been able to get saved? I don't know. But we came to this one. And I thank Mr. Walden, I thank Mr. McCauley, and I thank Bill Dollison, Marla Mysell, Irene and Greg McLaughlin, and everyone who was there at that time, Sharon Alden, for working that bus ministry to get us here so we could have a chance. I'll see my sister again. I found comfort in Thessalonians. It says, dead in Christ will rise first, which we, which are alive and remain, will follow. Take comfort in these words. I find comfort today. Am I hurting? Sure. Is this surreal? You better believe it. But my encouragement to anybody would be, don't wait to tell someone you love them. I have no regrets. I love my sister and I serve my sister. If I could bring her back, it would only be for just a second to squeeze her jaws. She said, get off my jaws. The jaws are for the babies. <laughs> and I did tell her once recently, I got, I got something to tell you, Nicole. And I was real serious like that. She says, what? What is it? I sold all your purses. She says, you don't want to even say that. I says, well, what happened if I sold your purses? You don't want to know. <laughs> so she loved you, Eric. She loved you, Crystal. She was crazy about you, Livy, Amber, Savannah, Shante, Tony, all of you, Essence, Samara, Zizi, all of them. Uncle Gary, she had a crush on you even though you were her uncle. And Clinton, you are her man. Thank you so much for treating my sister with such respect. Never taking advantage of her, but treating her like a gentleman should. Thank you. Christine, thank you for caring for her. And this last thing is probably going to tear me up. Mrs. Denoff, wherever you're sitting, thank you. Because Mrs. Denoff, without you in our lives, we wouldn't be here. You've made a big difference when you left Pontiac, Michigan to start this church. You're looking at it. There's so many people here today from Colorado, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Columbus, Georgia. Why? It's because of God and one person that says yes. I'm thankful. We love you. Thank you.
With my hands. 
of the oil
talented woman. I can tell you that she's still praising God, just today it's in person. I remember every 4th of July hearing God Bless America and Oh Holy Night every Christmas Eve service, and it was a, a staple in our church, something traditionally done that's going to be missing this year. She made ministry fun. She loved to serve God, and she loved to praise her Savior. But this brings us to the reality, the, the, the elephant in the room, the question we're all thinking is why? You know, I, I know that we step back and say, man, I know that God is in control and God makes no mistakes. But something like this, we step back and say, Lord, she was serving you. And Lord, she, she was not out causing problems and she wasn't running from you and she wasn't rebellious. She was in the center of serving God and doing what's right. And that, that baffles us. Why? Why? I have never used this passage in, in a service like this before, but John 11, the Bible tells us, and I believe that this story is on purpose, and it's, it, it kind of fills in some of the blanks. It says, now there was a certain man who was sick. His name was Lazarus and from, of Bethany and of the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. And it was that, that Mary, which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Now, right here, I, I, I want you to see in the reality of what we're doing this, that life doesn't always make sense. Okay, I, I, want, I want you guys to get this. Here you have this family that has this loved one, and they're saying, hey, it's going to be okay because we know Jesus, and all we have to do is get Jesus, and everything's going to go according to what we think. Sometimes God has a plan that's bigger than our plan. Sometimes God works in ways that we cannot see and understand. And the reality of this, we learn from this, that good people go through bad things, and good people get sick, and good people die, and sometimes life falls apart, and sometimes life is not fair. See, there's a virus in this world, it's called sin. There's a curse in this world, it's called sin. The Bible says that death came... Upon all man, not just the bad, but upon all of us. Of course, they do what we would naturally do. They turn to Jesus and they had this preconceived idea of what would happen. All we do is need Jesus to get here now and everything's going to be okay. You can imagine day one. It's all right. I'll tell you, God, God's in this day two, day three, and eventually God comes. And just like we would be, we're a little frustrated and you can kind of hear it in their voice. Lord, if you would have been here. This would not have happened. No, I don't think any of us would have the guts to put Jesus in his place. But you could almost hear it in their tone, you know, just like, you know where you should have been. And this doesn't add up. And I'm, I'm frustrated. And we are frustrated. Can we admit, Crystal, you admit, man, we're frustrated. We're hurt. And I tell you, the spiritual side of me says, man, my God is in control. And my flesh side of me says, what in the world? It doesn't make sense. But I can tell you in, in the midst of all of this, though, that we did not understand what's going on, although they did not understand that God did not make a mistake, God did not drop the ball. Jesus knew what he was doing. His timing was perfect. Him showing up at that moment was perfect. And let me tell you right now, let me, let me tell you, for all of us that believe in God, God is working right now. 
And you say, I can't see it. Well, I'm, I'm glad that his ways are not my ways because if we were to do what I think, everything would fall apart. God is working right now and I can't even see it. And God was working in this passage. He was going to preach a message and introduce something. He was in control. He had everything figured out. But here's our thinking. I'm going through a hard time right now and Jesus doesn't even care. Where is Jesus right now? Where is Jesus in this as they were thinking in this passage? John eleven three. 3, it says, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Almost like they were trying to convince him. Like, go show him. Don't just say somebody is sick. Let him know that it's the one that he loves. You know, you know what I'm saying? We ever have that conversation with God? Say, God, do you understand that this is, this is my parent, or this is my loved one, or this is this? Like, we've got to convince God. Now notice, not only did we see that God had everything under control, we see this, that he cares about you more than you'll ever know. John eleven five. 5, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He said, well, of course, yeah, God loves all of us. No, no, you've got to understand, God was setting them straight in this passage. When they showed up and said, Lord, the one that you love is sick, the Greek word for love in that passage was the Greek word for friendship love, phileo. It's, hey, you know that guy you're really close to? He's sick. Now, when Jesus, in verse 5, was stating that he loved Mary, Martha, his sister, and Lazarus, that, that word there is agape. God's saying, no, let me, let me make something very clear. It's not just that I love them. I love them with an unconditional, all of my heart, soul, and mind, and my love for that person. We've got to understand today that God loves us. As much as we love Nicole, God loves Nicole more. As much as we are hurting, we don't get this, and this overwhelms us. There's a deep statement being made here. Before you draw conclusions, before we get to the end of the story, before we get frustrated, we've got to not second-guess God, but understand that our God is in control, and God loves us more than anything. Our flesh will doubt this so easy. I say to Marcus, Crystal, and Eric, let me tell you, God loves you right now like crazy. And God, God's not out to hurt us. Glenn, let me say, God loves you, buddy, right now. God loves you so much, more than we could ever imagine. So jump forward. When Jesus arrives, he shows us. Verse 33, when Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled and said, where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Listen to this. And Jesus wept. Jesus wept. It, Jesus stopped. And the humanity of Jesus stopped there and was stepping back. And he wept with them. Understand that, the, that, that he walked into this group that was the, their word for weeping was mean to wail aloud. It wasn't just sniffling. They were brokenhearted. And Jesus wept with them. Verse 36. Then said the Jews, behold how he loved them. Jesus was there in their pain. Jesus was there in their hurt. He cares about us right now. He cares every tear that we cry, every pain that we feel. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, 3, he despised and rejected a man, a man of sorrows, and listen to this, and acquainted with grief. He identified with our grief. He, he understands what it's like to go through the heartache and separation and pain and suffering. He knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like to lose someone. By the way, that's why he came to eliminate that. 
His goal was to conquer death, hell, and the grave so that we wouldn't have to do this any longer. Isaiah 53, verse 4, Surely he hath borne our griefs and he carried our sorrows. I tell you, when we can't make it, God steps into our pain and he carries us through. I tell you right now, don't doubt God's love for us. I tell you, this gets to the main part of this thing, the, the, the main part of this that gives us the hope. And, and sometimes we'll miss this, so don't, don't, don't misinterpret this passage. In John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said unto her, listen, he comes back in all the crying and brokenhearted. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Now I know in the story of Lazarus, that was the physical thing. God was proving he has not risen from the grave yet. But he goes up to that grave and he proves a story. And he said, let me explain to you the power of what I have and the power of what I came to do is to give life after that which is dead. God was going to say, when you think it is over and there's no hope and you're brokenhearted, God said, I step in and I give life which is dead. I bring life back. And he didn't say just life. He said life more abundantly. Jesus was preaching through this. He was explaining that he would conquer the curse. He was not just speaking about Lazarus in the grave. He was speaking about us. Verse 26. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Shall never die. Let me tell you guys right now, and I know this is confusing for some people, but let me tell you right now, Nicole is very much so alive. She is victorious and she's made whole. You say, how is that possible? Because the last part of this, it says... And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? He, he threw it back on them. He said, listen, I am the resurrection. I conquered death. He said, I am life, literally meaning that there is life beyond the grave. And he just stops and he looks at them and he says, do you believe this? Let me tell you why we can confidently say that this is not Nicole. This was the, the shell. This was the body. This was the temple that God gave her. But this is not Nicole. There was, a, there was a transition that happened last Sunday night. God said, it's time, and I, I, I know you love Nicole. And God says, but I love her too. And just like you guys have already testified, God said, you know what? It's time for her to come home, and I don't get it. I don't understand. But I know that God has a plan. And God said, Nicole, it's time to come home. And God called her home. And then the reason that God was able to call her home was because she believed in Jesus Christ. We've, we've testified, testified about her singing and dressing up and being in the dramas and, and, and singing at the dramas and things. Let me tell you, it wasn't her works or her singing or her talent that got her into heaven. She was faithful to this church. She was faithful to Mrs. Denoff and Pastor Denoff and all the years of service here. But it was not her faithfulness to a person that got her into heaven. She loved people. She loved kids. She loved the people she didn't even know she reached out to people that were just walking down the aisle of a grocery store. But I'll tell you, it wasn't her love for people that got her into heaven. It's the fact that she understood that there is a curse. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That death is separation from God. And by the way, you all have it. Every one of us that was born in this world was born with the curse. We are sinners we fall short of the glory of God, and I don't care how many good works, how many songs you see, or how much you go to church, you cannot outweigh your sin debt. You can't. But one day, by the grace of God, God led them to start a church in Columbus, Ohio. 
And God led there for there to be Sunday school teachers and people that loved on them, people that picked you guys up and brought you and exposed you to the truth. And that is the fact that we are sinners and the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross and the fact that he died, he was buried, but he came out and he conquered death, hell, and the grave. He stands victorious over death saying, hey, death, you've lost your sting. Oh, grave, where is your victory? Because although we're broken right now, Nicole is in heaven saying, hey, praise to the Lamb of God that took my place, that gave his blood and conquered my sins. She is victorious today because of the fact that she recognized her sin and asked Jesus Christ to come into her life and be her Lord and Savior. You know what? I can't imagine how many people she was met. You say, she wasn't a preacher. Oh, yes, she was a preacher. She proclaimed the word of God every time she sang, every time she showed the fruits of the Spirit, every time she opened her mouth witnessing about her Savior, her love, her church, her God. She was a proclaimer of the truth. Met by all of those people that she came and, and led to Jesus Christ. But let me, let me bring it home because this is what Nicole would want. Jesus at the end, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe? Today, I'm going to tell you that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. He conquered death. He conquered sin. But it is a gift. The wages of sin is death, yes. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. Let me tell you, you will not make it into heaven. You will not make it beyond anything in this world without the hope of Jesus Christ. You cannot do it. It is impossible without the gift. So I asked everybody here at Nicole's celebration service in 2017, I asked you, do you believe? Do you understand that you're all born in sin? Do you understand that Jesus Christ conquered sin? Do you understand that he is the way, the truth, and the life? Do you understand without Jesus there is hell? Do you understand that he came to give you hope? Do you believe? And if you don't believe, then all of this stuff that we've talked about, Nicole, her sweet spirit and everything, is, is, is just talk. But for her, it's reality. It was a relationship with Jesus Christ, not, not just religion. So I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes as we close this out, or this part of our service. And I ask every one of you, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you know the Lord is your personal Savior? And I'll tell you, I say that all things work together for good. I don't know what that good is, but he does. But it could be the testimony of Nicole. could be that at her celebration service on this day, that God spoke to your heart. And you came to show your respects, but God came to, sh to shake up your life and to open your eyes for you to see him. So I ask everybody here, do you know the Lord is your personal Savior? Have you ever came to the point in your life where you admitted that you are a sinner? You acknowledge that there is a hell, but there is a Savior. Do you acknowledge that he came to die for you? And you must put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You must ask him to forgive you of your sins. So right now, I challenge you, each and every one of you, if you don't know him, to pray to God right now. Now, it's not, it's not about repeating the words that I say. It's from your heart. So I ask you to ask him into your heart. Say, Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, I admit that I have sinned. I have fallen short. I've messed up. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I put my faith and trust in the cross, the resurrection, 
the blood of Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins, I ask you, Lord, to come into my life today. And the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And as we celebrate this day, I pray that you will share that with other people. Go up to Nicole and Crystal and Eric and tell them today at your sister's service, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Father, we know that we cannot save people. I can't. Lord, but I know that you are a powerful God. Lord, I know that you are able to save those that admit their sins and cry out to you and ask for forgiveness. And I pray for those right now that are in this room that struggle with that. Maybe they don't know. They've never had that peace. They don't have that confidence to know that if they were to die, that they would know that they're going to heaven. So I pray, Lord, that you'll reach into their hearts and lives. And Lord, help them, Lord, to be under conviction to know that they need you. We pray this in your name. Amen.
would just stand to your feet and we're going to sing a cappella as a congregation to gather the old song all fly away ready here we go some glad morning when this life is o'er fly away to a home on God's celestial soar I'll fly away I'll fly away oh glory I'll fly away when I die hallelujah by and by I'll fly away let's sing that chorus again I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away, when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. You all can remain standing. I want to say as we depart, I want to say thank you to the First Church of God and your support ministry. Um, Bishop Timothy Clark sent this. He said, Bishop Timothy Clark and First Lady Clark join you in celebrating the life, the living, and now the legacy of Nicole. While we share in your sorrow, we also share in your joy as we rejoice in the hope is hers and ours through Christ Jesus. We thank God for all the fond memories you will forever cherish. I want to thank Marcus Crystal, and Eric for your love and support. I want to thank Mrs. Denoff for following the Lord to come here. I want to thank all of her friends and family that are represented, that showed your love and support for the family today, for all those that took part in the service today. And Clinton, pray for all of you. As we depart, the uh, funeral home is going to lead us out. The family is going to follow right behind and then followed by the pallbearers. And then everyone will be asked to follow them. We'll go out to the, uh, the car, and then we'll make our ways to Green Lawn. And you're all invited to join us there as we say our finally uh, goodbyes, not to Nicole, but to her body and the memory that we have of her. Thank you all for being here.